What's up, homies? I'm Erica. I'm Roshane J. And as always, thank you so much for joining us today for our very first October episode. Ooh. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Thanks. I've been practicing. That really good. <laughs> but see, I feel like your voice, when you have a deeper voice, evil laughs sound way better. Oh, there's they are zero effort. They're like no effort required. You are basically just laughing. I feel like my evil laugh, you know, when Yzma turns into the cat in the Emperor's <laughs> New Groove and she's like laughing when she has the potion. <laughs> yep. That's what yep. I feel like. <laughs> Okay, but hi guys. <laughs> like I said, it is now October, <laughs> which I have. Ooh, real quick, can I make like a semi shameless plug? Oh, go for it. Um, so you are gonna you're gonna get one for free, uh, Trader Joe's. But if you're if you're listening to this in October, all right, I was gonna say Trader Joe's just added these pumpkin flavored little cookie wafer things that if you have not tried are. Boom. I was munching on those. Um, I just wanted to share them because I was excited. They taste like Apple Jacks, even though they're pumpkin flavored, and they Ooh. are my jam right now. That sounds really good. Like, if you're nearby Trader Joe's, just saying, they're worth a pickup. And Trader Joe's, you remember uh, you remember who gave you that plug, all right? Let them know that RJ sent you. Hell Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Let them know. Let them know. And they're going to be like, okay, that's going to be, okay, it's going to be 1268. <laughs> Do you, or is it cash or card? <laughs> and you're like, oh, well. <laughs> um, that sounds delicious. I might have to go to Trader Joe's just to get those. Thank you for the recommendation. Um, I've been ready for October since like June. So I'm so happy that we're finally here. Um, like all the pumpkins are coming out, all the out. all the decorations. Yeah, they're finally because we started decorating our apartment like at the beginning of September. Um, we mm -hmm. went to where did we go? We went to Michael's, and they have a ton of like at the time that we went, they had a ton of Halloween slash fall stuff. So I can't even imagine what they have now, but I'm excited for more places to start like coming out with their actual Halloween decorations. Like all the decorations. I start seeing 20 foot skeletons already. Like we're in there. We are deep in there. I keep seeing that on Instagram. This thing about these 20 foot skeletons. Oh, the did the meme is so good. It's such a good meme. There are so many variations of it, but my favorite one right now. It's very 2020 meme, but it's like a relationships are a two way street. Okay, you get your girlfriend a 20 foot skeleton, and she gets you a PlayStation Five. All right, this is working together oh my right gosh. now in 2020. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, the one I keep seeing. I'm like, that's hilarious. Uh, we have a loft, so. We could get a 20-foot skeleton and hang him in, like, our living room. But I feel like my boyfriend might be upset. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like he... Truth be told, I'm actually surprised you guys don't already have it. I'm going to be real. I would assume that you would have been one of the first people to be like, the skeleton, I'm getting it. Well, 
that's true. But I just am like, uh, I don't know. I don't know where we would put this 20 foot skeleton when it's not October, unless we just let him live here all year rent free. But (laughs) I don't know about that either. (laughs) I'm still like thinking about how dope it would be if Trader Joe's sponsored us. Everybody, when you go, let them know that uh, Homies of Horror sent you and uh, mm-hmm. get us that young sponsorship Sponsor because we, we it's a trying time out here. We need the, oh the God, sponsorship sponsor dollars. Trader Joe's. That'd, be, <laughs> that'd be insane. I would love to be sponsored by Trader Joe's. Right? I think I would consider myself to have made it in any capacity if I had any kind of Trader Joe's sponsorship because I go there for food so much that it's the one sponsorship that I would use on a daily basis. I can't even imagine like we're in the if we were in the middle of an episode and we're like and then the zombies ate her brains. Speaking of eating, head over to Trader <laughs> Joe's for their new <laughs> cauliflower crust pizza. <laughs> um, okay, all right. Well, we got that out of the way. Let's, let's <laughs> <laughs> let's dive into uh today's topic because it's a little yes. different than our normal episodes it is a little different so we have well, we have a couple exciting things happening for the month of october so first thing that i want to talk about is very exciting we have a collab coming up this week so mm-hmm. On Wednesday, we will be featured on um, another podcast, and it's a podcast that we are both huge fans of, and we were so, so excited to be invited on there as guests, but uh, they are called Fear the Talking Queers, and they... so. They are doing, they had like a poll out. So everybody voted for what movies they were going to be doing in October. And the very first movie that they're covering is House of Wax. And we are going to be featured on that episode. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. Yes, very exciting. It was a lot of fun. And guys, head on over, check out some of their episodes, get familiar with them before that episode comes out. And. Yeah, I hope you guys are excited about that because I know that we are. And then second thing is we are going to be doing some some gaming stuff this That's this right. Month. That's mm-hmm. right. We're going to be a little some some streaming homies. Yeah, it's true. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm actually a streamer as well as a podcaster. Um, my channel is RoshaneJL um, at Twitch TV, and we are going to be doing some collaborative, scary gameplays throughout the month of October to celebrate the uh, the the spook month itself. Um, to throw in some new content for you guys, so we're excited to set that up. Um, make sure you are you know, following all the social medias to get notifications about the specifics, what nights we're going to go live with that, all the cool information and stuff. You will only get that if you are following our content. So, you know, mm-hmm. make sure you're hitting those those little heart buttons, okay? It keeps you informed. Yeah. Make sure to follow us at Homies of Horror um, to be notified when we are streaming. We're going to play some spooky games. I'm very, very excited. We're going to bring it back to our our roots. Right. Um, this is true because that's how we started. 
Yeah. So I'm really excited. It should be really fun. I hope that you guys will come and watch and join us and maybe have a drink and enjoy us getting getting spooked while we play. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, we're trying to do as much content as possible for you guys this month because October is like, it's the month. Yeah. It, we it's had the most to. sacred of months. It is the most sacred of months. It is the most wonderful time of the year. And therefore, <laughs> we had to do the most for it. So last but not least, getting into today's, op- or today's episode, we were thinking about what we wanted to do for October. And we decided that we were going to have um, themes for each episode rather than doing it on movies. So... The theme for today is going to be children's horror. So we're going to be getting a little bit into, you know, horror that is specifically catered for children or that is, you know, meant to be family friendly. Because when we were looking at movies that we possibly wanted to talk about in October, there was like a whole subgenre or subcategory that was like family friendly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, like, that's kind of interesting. I would I would love to talk about movies that and, and TV shows that, you know, when we were kids kind of introduced us to the horror genre. Yeah. And so we're going to take a little trip down like memory lane and kind of just talk about the things that shaped us into the the horror homies that we are. This is true. Yeah. Because <laughs> horror is one of those genres that once you're in it, it sticks with you for a while. Um, and it's a, it'll be a very interesting conversation to hear hear our journeys and then, you know, talk about the overall idea, too, of, like, scaring kids. And, like, because I know, <laughs> yeah. well, like, I know a lot of people, uh, mostly parents, I'd say, sometimes have concerns about when and whether or not they should allow their kids to explore this genre specifically because i mean you horror is horror like you see some pretty scary stuff in horror but um there's always been that question of like is there a direct correlation between like children being messed up later in life because they got introduced to horror too soon or what what horror things are okay for kids to watch versus what kids shouldn't be watching and that whole conversation um mm-hmm. it, it's an it's an interesting thing to look at like even while i was you know doing some research about it it's there's still no real conclusive answer as far as i found i don't know about you but like it seems like this is still a debate that is going on to this day mm-hmm. right i And I get, you know, I think that for every person, it's, it's different. Some people, you know, growing up, I definitely think that you should go with what you feel like your kid is most comfortable with and you Mm -hmm. should never, you know, if you can tell that they're, something is scaring them, I don't necessarily think you should push them to continue to you know, be subjected to watching a specific thing. Everybody gets into horror and things that scare them kind of in their own time. But I definitely think that movies that are specifically said to be 
family friendly horror or you know scary movies that are pg or g that are meant for children to kind of be you know almost kind of wade out into the water and get dip their toes in and get comfortable i definitely think that that's a very important thing and a very important genre and i'm happy that those kinds of movies are still being made and those kinds of TV shows yeah. are still being made. Well, talk to me a little bit about like your experience with um, just horror in general and like being scared and like, you know, we're talking about October too and like the whole idea of Halloween and all these things as a kid. Um, I feel like especially with Halloween um, and the whole tradition of going trick-or-treating and dressing up and all that stuff is we we introduce kids to this idea of spooky stuff pretty early on and to varying degrees too but i'm curious like what what do you remember about your experience when you were younger like learning about scares and this whole world that exists within the denison deeps of october <laughs> Well, so when I was younger, I, you know, I mentioned this a little bit in the first episode. I was, I was a bit of a scaredy cat when it came Mm -hmm. to certain things. Um, Like, and I remember I was one of those kids where even looking at the cover of a scary movie would, like, I would freak out. Like, I, something about it, I, and I think it's the fact that children have these vivid imaginations, right? And so yeah. it's almost like what they imagine is much worse than what is Wherever actually. Wherever could be there. What, yeah, what is actually happening or what is actually in, you know, a movie or something. Like I remember that my parents rented Eight-Legged Freaks from the video store. But the thing about it is I never watched the movie at the time when I was a child. I've watched it since then. But when I was younger and they rented it, I never watched the movie. But the cover of it was just like a spider jumping in the air. I could not walk. They left it on the floor in the basement. I could not go into the basement for the entire time that 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 was down there because I could see the cover of the case. And I didn't oh, want to say anything to Erica. them. <laughs> well, eventually, I just ran up and I kicked it and I flipped it over. <laughs> so the case <laughs> was like face down. But yeah, it's, you know, it's... I think that as children, we run with our imagination so much and let these fears kind of overtake us. And for me personally, like I said, it's it's different for every person and it's going to be different for every child but for me when I watched something mm-hmm. I and I knew exactly what happened I was less afraid than when I didn't know because like I remember <laughs> that I have like there's like a friend of our family that is still you know like an important part of our family to this day and when I was younger I remember she was doing my hair and she was explaining the plot of Jeepers Creepers to me. Mm-hmm. And the way that she explained it was horrifying. The like just how cuz she wasn't going into too much detail but she was going into just enough that 
my mind went nuts. And I thought about Jeepers Creepers for weeks. But then when I saw the movie, I was like, okay, this isn't as bad as what I imagined it being. And okay, I think, you know, so I think that exposing yourself to things like that can be good and can help you get over those fears because it's like the fear of the unknown that I think is what drives kids so crazy. Yeah, I can see that. What about you? Um, so I think as a kid, I was a little bit similar not necessarily that I was very afraid of um, horror in general, um, you know, not counting the few movies that terrified me as a kid, like Nightmare on Elm Street and It. Um, those movies messed me up, and I've talked about that in previous episodes. But I think growing up, a lot of my introduction into the world of scares did revolve around the idea of Halloween, right? In October is I think through most of the of the year, I didn't really find myself too deep within this genre. But every time October came around, um, there's always this this feeling of of spooks and scares in the air and like everybody wants to be scared. And so I remember always, you know, every year going out trick-or-treating, dressing up, and then going around seeing everybody dress up as ghosts, mummies, zombies, you know, you name it, anything under the the realm of Halloween costumes, and then going to get candy. And then the weeks leading up to Halloween, my my siblings and family really enjoy like scary movies and stuff. So we would always watch um, scary stuff leading up to Halloween. So it kind of became this correlation between this one holiday, which I loved doing. Like I loved trick-or-treating. I had so much fun trick-or-treating. And then the buildup to Halloween and getting into the mindset of being scared because I think being scared from person to person differs. But like, I think in general, people like to be scared, even as kids, like Mm -hmm. the, the sensation of being scared, that adrenaline rush is... You know, it's 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 why we watch horror movies, right? It's it's why we go to theme parks and go on roller coasters. Like we, this this seeking for adrenaline is one of the driving forces that we as humans have, right? And I think that exists within us even as kids. And I feel like most people out there have at some point in time, you know, whether it's like at camp or like a sleepover with their friends, like been sitting together and like telling spooky stories or just trying to scare each other. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I think as a kid learning about um, being scared and understanding the difference between reality and fiction was, was a big, um, was a big determining factor for how I viewed the genre because my, my, at least my older sister who did a great part in like helping to raise me, like she was very good about whenever we would watch something and I would be visibly upset or unsettled by something in like a scary movie. She'd help me understand the difference between like, this is the, you know, this is scary, but this is fictional, right? This isn't real. Um, and Obviously, this would be for a little 
more toned down horror stuff, right? Like I wasn't watching Evil Dead at eight. I was, mm-hmm. you know, watching like Goosebumps or like uh, Disney original horror movies and stuff like that. But the but the but the whole idea that you have to separate the the scary story from reality, I think, was a lot of my journey as a kid, and. I think I had a pretty good transition into it. Like, I think by the time I hit my teens, I kind of understood that scary movies are there to momentarily terrify me, but then I'm supposed to kind of move on with my life. You know, like I was one of those people that was fortunate enough that when I would view these things, they wouldn't stick and have long lasting effects on me. And like people are different. Everybody has a different experience to that. But I know for my experience, like I think I had a pretty easy transition into, you know, very, very increment in, incrementally, like increasing my scare level. Like I, I kind of knew I had a good starting spot. Then over time I would build up to some of the bigger, more, um, you know, intense um sort of like scary mediums that existed right Can, let me ask you this did did you have a guy on your street when you were trick-or-treating that just always was like doing the most and was always trying to scare all the kids not that i can remember really? but there was yeah like I, I think where I lived, people people loved Halloween. So, like, they would go all out in, like, their decorations and stuff. And, like, they would participate in the whole ritual of it. But there wasn't – there wasn't – I know what you're talking about. Like, there wasn't someone trying to, like, just actively scare everybody. However, there was, at least in my usual trick-or-treating route, there was a house that was – kind of like I never went to that house because it was it was that rundown house at like the end of a neighborhood that like you're not sure if anybody lives there sort of house that mm. a couple I'd see a couple brave souls go up and trick or treat there but I would also never see the person answer the door so like that house was fully off limits to me like I stayed far away from that house but mm-hmm. I was scared by that more than I was of a person mm. Did you or did you have somebody who was just trying like gunning to scare you like every year? <laughs> there was this guy that I don't even know if he lived on our street, but he just lived in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. My hearing a chainsaw oh, any no. in any regard already kind of spooks me because like it's a machine that can very easily cut through a person (laughs) but when you throw it into like a haunted house or something where you know that someone's going to be chasing you as soon as i hear a chainsaw i run i don't even Mm -hmm. love to see what's going on i don't even care to know what's going on i just run and i remember there used to be this guy and you would hear a chainsaw but i never knew if he actually had a chainsaw or if he was just playing the sound of a chainsaw, but yeah, it would get closer and then it would be further away. So it sounded like it was moving, but I never knew because whichever direction it sounded like it was going, I would go the opposite direction. <laughs> so I don't know, but it happened for years. I would always hear him with this chainsaw. And I mean, Colorado, Halloween in Colorado is kind of like a toss-up. Sometimes it's snowing already, so oh, wow, you have really? to wear a parka. Or, yeah, but I remember when I was younger, we had some warmer Halloween. So I was little 
ish when he was doing that. And then as I got older, he stopped because it started to get colder. But yeah, I just remember he, I just remember that chainsaw. And I just feel like, I don't know, I just always think it's so funny that a lot of neighborhoods have that one person where, or even the people where they like have the bowl and you go up to get the candy and then and they it's scare like a you. hand. Yeah, I don't think I ever had one of those. I just had Chainsaw. Chainsaw Ooh, McGee running around trying to cut people up, but... You know what's funny what is I didn't, have, I didn't have that guy, but I could totally see myself in a couple of years being that guy. Like, yeah. if, like, if I'm living in the suburbs, I got a nice house and stuff, I, oh yeah, you best believe I'm <laughs> going to have a chainsaw sound on cue for every time a kid comes up. Because yeah. as an adult, to me, that's hilarious. Like, scaring oh, yeah. the shit out of kids as an adult, to me, sounds so funny. As a kid, I'm sure it's got the direct opposite effects, but... Mm-hmm. As long as that guy wasn't actually chainsawing people, kudos to him for instilling lifelong yeah. fears into children every year. Who uh, knows, I, I tip man. my hat to you, sir. Who knows? He could have been Leatherface for all I know. But <laughs> I never saw him. <laughs> he was just running wild in the streets. But um, see that that brings me to the thought too of like, because I'm on the I'm on the side of the fence where I think that it's okay to introduce um, children to this genre fairly early at a responsible age, because it's one of those things where if you don't do it, someone else will, right? Like if you don't, if you don't introduce your kids to being scared or like horror or something like that, either on Halloween, they're going to go past chainsaw house or one day when they're hanging out with their friends at school, they're going to hear some scary stories or someone's going to introduce them to the genre, whether or not you want them to be or not. And like, I always feel Mm -hmm. like getting to be the controlled variable in that is pretty smart because then you can kind of help your kid. You can ease your kid into it as opposed to poor little Erica has never been scared in her entire life. And you let her go off on her own for a second to chainsaw house and then yeah. she can never trick-or-treat again like yeah and now i'm tra- traumatized and every time i see a chainsaw i like i pee myself well <laughs> and <laughs> to be and i was one of those people too i used to think that things that weren't horror movies were because mm-hmm. i remember i used to think that the titanic was a, a scary movie okay yeah that's and, fair and like i think that the older i got and the more that i was subjecting myself to things that were you know meant for kids but had those horror elements to them Mm -hmm. um that i was still like i was getting i was more able to kind of discern like okay this is this is this is just something that is kind of creepy, but it's not scary. Like it's not meant to be scary. It's just something that's a little bit off. Yeah. And like the more I got comfortable with that, I feel like the more I was able to be like, okay, I'm ready to watch a scary movie. Like I think that I can do this. <laughs> and mm-hmm. obviously, I was eventually I was able to had a couple bumps in the road, but does don't we all? Yeah. And it, what's funny is, 
we've we've gone over it before, but how layered this genre is. There are so many different kinds of scary things that your kids can be watching. And I say scary actually pretty loosely because just maybe Halloween centric. Like I'm thinking back to like, you know, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, like the Adams Family, like literally mm-hmm. anything Tim Burton. Um, all these things that are kind of spooky and creepy and they're not necessarily scary, but you know, you say, you know, you say the Adams family or any of these titles to people that grew up in that era, they know what you're talking about because it's, it, it was part of the experience of growing up. Like it wasn't something that I feel like traumatized anybody. Like I have yet to be the person that was traumatized by by the Adams family but I met the people that have watched it yeah well and it's like uh, yeah I think of those things I think of Beetlejuice like Beetlejuice that's a great one I love that movie but you know I was never I always thought that that was a comedy like no matter how many times how young I was I always found the fun in that movie um but then you get into things like trying to think of something when i was well, what about something like like, like the gremlins you know what i mean like right mm-hmm. where but it's see, like that movie yeah. gets that movie gets scary quote that unquote movie does but get like scary it's weird though because i feel like i especially because i was a kid when i first saw that i pick and choose what i remember from that movie and so like mm, i remember fair. how cute you know gizmo is or Mm -hmm. i remember that like the gremlins get into all these crazy hijinks but i don't remember the parts where they like basically are like violent and (laughs) like destroying people's lives like i don't remember that i just remember that like and i think it's because they were small and when and then there's this like jaunty music playing and they play things up in a sort of comedic way but yeah that is considered a horror movie yeah and it's also a christmas movie which like what (laughs) yeah that movie's got a a mean identity crisis for sure (laughs) yeah um honestly i mean even that same room like fucking ghostbusters like Are you telling me you're not going to let your kid watch Ghostbusters because you think it's too scary? Like, come on now. It's Ghostbusters. Right. No, that's true. Yeah, it's those movies where you get, yeah, they have, like, horror elements to them. But they're definitely meant to be, I think that's the thing. It's, like, finding that fine line between almost, like, slapsticky, like, physical things that the quote unquote villains do and then mixed with like all of these colors and this music helps to keep it where kids can almost see it as a cartoon it's like you don't see ghost bumper ghost bumpers Ghost bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel we didn't know we needed yeah this as set out a carnival and they're <laughs> once you get into these bumper cars they just drive you around forever um <laughs> You don't like you don't see that movie and think, oh, this could happen or like, oh, this is real because it's yeah. so obviously, you know, a like it. it's such a ridiculous situation that I think even as a child, you can say, OK, I know that this is not real um, because it's so like outlandish. Um, yeah. Like I. So I want to kind of get into 
movies that are specifically for kids that, but that's maybe either have a lasting impact on you or that you remember scaring you. Um, The first one that I want to talk about is a DCOM, Disney Channel original movie. (laughs) (laughs) And Don't Look Under the Bed. Oh, yep. I definitely remember that movie. I remember, remember that movie. Yes. And I remember that being a movie that scared me. And I think it's because it was something that was very... So if you've never seen this movie or if you don't remember this movie, because it's been a minute, I think it came out in like 1999 or something. Um, Jesus. It is about, it's about a girl. She is like a teenager now, right? And she has a Mm -hmm. little brother and her little brother had an imaginary friend. And so in the movie, there's this boogeyman that's going around pulling all these pranks and wreaking all this havoc on the town. And the imaginary friend teams up with the older sister because they have to get rid of the boogeyman. But you come to find out that boogeymans are created when like kids forget about their imaginary friends because they get neglected. They like turn into boogeymen. And so throughout the movie, the the imaginary friend that's helping, he starts to turn into a boogeyman. Mm -hmm. And that was the part that scared me was like watching him have this transformation from this like funny, like this funny hip like imaginary friend and then he grows these like long fingernails and he gets these like long sharp teeth yeah he gets those fangs i remember that transform Mm -hmm. like i remember that movie used to to scare me and i think it's because it was a little bit darker than what i was used to like it didn't it did have it has some silly moments and I rewatched it the other day on Disney Plus in preparation for this episode. <laughs> and so it has some... And can I just say, older Disney Channel movies, their special effects hold up compared to newer really? Disney. Yes, this movie actually looks pretty good, like the effects in it. Because there's one part where someone's jumping into a pool and the pool turns into jello. Mm-hmm. And it actually looks pretty good. For 1999, I was... I was impressed. You think it was um, practical effects? Do you think they had an actual pool of jello that they jumped um, into? That would it's be Disney. nuts. <laughs> they could afford it. Disney could, could afford it. it. They probably could. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if they were like, so for this scene, <laughs> just jump in. Good luck. Which, we'll, we'll try and make sure you don't fall all the way to the bottom. <laughs> which kind, kind of sort of actor dream to get to have a reason True. to jump into a pool of jello. Like I'm down. That's very. True. I will do my own stunt for this one, by all means. <laughs> she did all her own stunts in this Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like yes, there are silly moments in that movie, but I feel like they took it a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. And I remember, yeah. So I just remember that movie being one of those where I was like, oh. This is kind of scary, and I don't know how yeah. to feel about this. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I th- I feel like even as an adult, um, I the biggest thing to me that scares me, right, is when I can't 100% say that something's not real. And mm-hmm. I think that existed in me as a kid, too, where most of the things that really scared me, like 
I talk about like it and Nightmare on Elm Street is the big one I talk about all the time. But that one scared me because even though I knew it was a movie, right? I didn't necessarily know that the that the scenario wasn't entirely real. Like as as a kid, I wasn't one hundred percent sure that if I went to sleep. Freddy Krueger wouldn't come and attack me at some random point in time. Like that, that distinction by itself is what gave me the lasting fear, the fear that existed post the credits of the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, when you look at, I think when you get a little bit older and like you watch scary stuff with younger siblings or just younger kids in general, and I think it's always it's it, you know it's kind of cute sometimes when they're like oh I'm scared or at like what we would perceive as really ridiculous stuff because we know it's not real but like to like a four or five year old like something ridiculous to us might seem like it's plausible like it, it can actually happen and I think that's where a lot of the the fear comes in is the the fear of the unknown like you don't know whether or not this could happen to you this thing that you're seeing like at seven years old maybe you had an imaginary friend you know and then you watch this movie and then you later on start perceiving your imaginary friend to go through the same things that you saw in this movie right like Mm -hmm. if you if you yourself can't differentiate the fact from fiction then i can see it having more of a lasting effect right yeah well and also too in in that movie it's like the entrance to the boogie world is underneath the bed and there's a scene where the little kid is sitting on his bed and the boogeyman grabs his foot from underneath the bed and like pulls him under mm-hmm. and i feel like as a kid you're scared of your closet or you're scared of your bed because there's the yeah. uh, underneath was, your bed. I was scared of both. I will tell you right now, <laughs> I was definitely scared of both. I yeah. had nightlight on for a while before I was finally oh, yeah. able to sleep at night. Oh, yeah. I was using that nightlight. Like, I was, <laughs> I was, that nightlight was my employee. I had it on the clock at all times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like those are the two, you know, you're always afraid that something is under your bed and that you could, something's going to, come and grab you and pull you away and so I think that idea was you know always really stuck with me I think that was probably the part rewatching because of course you rewatch it and you're like okay what was I scared of <laughs> but I when I was rewatching it I think that was probably the part that would have scared me the most as a child yeah. um and then but like I, I still, you know, I still enjoyed watching that movie despite the fact that it scared me. And another one that, like, that I think of, that I remember really enjoying, but still kind of just giving me like spooky, creepy <laughs> vibes, was mm-hmm. Ca- was Casper. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the parts, I know ex- exactly what scared me in that movie. Like, I even when I watch it to this day, it still gives me, like, weird feelings. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to tell us now. <laughs> so it's the part, um, it's the part where the main girl's dad go. I think her name is Kat in the movie. Her dad goes and he gets drunk with all of the other ghosts and then mm-hmm. 
because he's so drunk, when the elevator opens up, he doesn't realize that the elevator shaft is empty and he falls down the elevator shaft and he dies. And he comes back as a ghost. And I do not remember this. (laughs) It's really dark for like a kid's movie because yeah, it comes back as a ghost. And so then when he goes back to the house and she sees that he's dead, she's upset obviously. And he doesn't remember who she is at first. And like that scared me. And then also the main lady that's like the villain in the movie, when she becomes a ghost, well, first of all, she also dot like she also just falls off a cliff and dies and when she comes back as a ghost i remember it being really scary to me because she just looked so evil and so mean mm-hmm. and i think it was yeah just like watching all of these adults specifically the dad because he's the good guy in the movie like one of the good yeah. guys just watching them so quickly just like fall and die and then yeah. all of a sudden they're ghosts I remember that scaring me. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? And also, ever since then, I was like always very aware of elevators, like paid yeah. attention to make sure I didn't fall down a shaft to my demise. <laughs> See, like, I think for me, right? Like, I'm not a parent, but if I was like trying to regulate what my kids were watching, I think my two deciding factors for like whether something's too much for a kid is how it handles death and how it handles gore. I think Mm -hmm. those are the two things that can potentially have a negative effect on kids, depending on, like, how early they get introduced to it. Um, Because, like, especially the idea of death, like, a lot of of the things I think that these young adult horror, like, movies, books, TV shows, what not have you, is a lot of times people don't die. Like, you get scared and a lot of spooks happen, but it, it's kind of like far in between that you get characters actually dying and being like, yo, this character is dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think as a kid, that's still a little hard to process. Um, and, you know, kids get introduced to the concept of death in different periods of time, right? But, like, especially when you're younger and more influential, like understanding this idea of like that character is dead now, I think is a lot. And I think like you have to be kind of mentally prepared for that. Same thing with Mm -hmm. seeing like gore on screen, like blood is like one thing, but even like too much blood, like there's so many people that have like blood phobias that like hate the sight of blood and stuff like that. Like even just seeing gore without fully understanding it can be jarring i think if you see it too early yeah well and also too there's so many different ways that you can consider something gory because like especially when you're a kid i like i the first time i watched who framed roger rabbit Mm -hmm. i remember thinking that that was the most violent gory movie i'd ever seen when i was a kid and they were cartoons and there's not blood in that movie like it's not but to me that blew my mind because right you have the the bad guy in that movie he's like dipping cartoons and and acid and melting them and his Mm -hmm. eyes like bug out of his head and he gets ran over and all this stuff and he's all flat like that to me was gore and but that's just because up to that point like I had only seen cartoons where, you know, even in Disney movies, it's like 
so many villains die, but you never see blood. Like, you never actually see them die. You just see them fall, and then it cuts yeah. to, like, the protagonist. Like, when a, when, a, when a villain dies in, like, a cartoon or something, it's more like they get defeated and less like they're mm-hmm. dead. Yeah, you don't ever really get the idea that they've died. It's just kind of like, they're gone now. <laughs> they're done. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you start to get into these movies where... You know, they're they're starting to sprinkle those things in. And I I think but I do think that's good, because then when you do finally watch something where someone actually dies and you see it, it's not such a shock as if you had never seen that. And then all of a sudden it's not like you're going from watching Aladdin and now all of a sudden you're watching like it. And yeah. you're like, oh, my God, you know, there's there's a stepping stone in between. So you're not yeah. just like jumping over this hurdle and like, oh, God, I hope I make it like you at <laughs> least have a little something to bridge the gap. Yeah, I even remember like we've talked about the uh, Choose Your Adventure Goosebumps books. Mm-hmm. And like I even remember back when I was reading those, like as a kid. There were good and bad endings, but the endings where, like, you actually died or, like, got something similar to death, I remember those also being very jarring. Like, in comparison to, like, some of the other ones, you just end up in, like, a really scary, like, bad scenario. But, like, the ones where it's, like, you fall off a cliff and plummet to your death is, like, oh, okay, that's a a lot. (laughs) That's a lot for my nine-year-old brain to process. It is a lot. Or I... Not too long ago, I did a thing on our Instagram where I did like a choose your own where I had like our followers choose like what I did in the book. Mm -hmm. And the ending that we ended up coming with, I mean, we got eaten alive by zombies. That was the ending that we got. And I was like, huh. I don't remember this. I don't remember this being in this book at all. Like, oh, Jesus. It was like, such a, a lot. Yeah, it was such a harsh ending. And obviously, you know, they they added in like a little joke to make it kind of funny. But if you think about what's about to happen to you, it's it's not so funny. Um, but talking about Goosebumps, I feel like this is a good segue into, I want to talk about some, some TV shows that, yeah. like, that... Because uh, I feel like, especially in the 90s and the early 2000s, there were a lot of TV shows that had, you know, this kind of spooky theme. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Goosebumps was one of them that I remember watching a lot. I, Goosebumps slash Are You Afraid of the Dark were yeah. two that I watched a lot. However, Are You Afraid of the Dark when I was younger was like, a, a, it was a step a little bit too far for me into being really like are you afraid of the dark was a little bit too scary for me so i usually stuck to goosebumps okay that's very oh i have a question did you ever like stay up a little like too late on like nickelodeon i think it was and they would like slip into like tales from the crypt or something like that i don't remember what channel it was but i always remember like if tales of the crypt popped in like i had been watching a, a tv station too late would they also do like, oh, real monsters? Would they like yeah. do a kind mm-hmm. of like back to back thing? Because yeah. I remember saying, ah, oh, real monsters late at night, but I probably bowed out like right after that ended because I don't remember <laughs> quite getting into Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but 
that sounds no, that about tales right. From, the Tales from the Crypt intro haunts me because that's always like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, it's time to go. Like, I don't want <laughs> to sit through what's about to happen on this screen. Yeah, that, sh- yeah, I don't even think, because if Are You Afraid of the Dark was too scary for me, I don't think I even would have been able to attempt. Yeah, because Tales, Tales from the Crypt gets, it, it gets pretty scary. Those, yeah. those, those go there. They're not afraid to actually go there. <laughs> um, I also used to watch So Weird all the time. I don't know if you remember that show. I don't remember that one. So that was a Disney Channel one, and it follows Fiona, and she, like, her her mom is a musician, so they, like, tour around the United States. They're, like, driving this tour bus everywhere, and basically everywhere they go, some kind of supernatural phenomena happens while they're there. Hmm. And that was one that I remember... I liked, but that was also one that was a little bit too scary for me. I would watch it, but I would always have some kind of weird dream after mm-hmm. watching it. Um, but like that was that was a good one. And then of course I always watched Scooby Doo. Yeah, like, Scooby Doo was a good one because like it was a nice mix of like scary themes, but it was more like a mystery show than it was like a scary show i'd say um Mm -hmm. at least for me like i don't think i was ever really afraid when watching scooby-doo except the except escape from zombie island that one was actually a little scary that one was Uh, that one was because it was actually real zombies so i was like oh oh they're in genuine danger now (laughs) yeah that one was scary that was like especially when they do like the 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 flashback and they talk about like when they first got to the island and all the zombies came and like killed everybody Mm -hmm. i was like bro (laughs) like are you serious (laughs) shout out to terror time again because that song has been stuck in my head for the past two decades um you know what i'm talking about right the like when they're running away from the zombies no Wait. And it's like, it's terror oh, time again. Yeah. You got you running for your life. Yo, okay, that, yes. That song got me into rock. I'm that is honest. a really good song. <laughs> but you know what? I couldn't think of that because when you said that, I immediately thought of the the song from the Scooby-Doo and the witches. Oh, with the witches? Yeah. Oh, when yeah, they're like... Yeah. We're hex girls, and yeah. I gotta put a spell on you. I thought that's yeah. what you were talking about, so I was like, that's "I mean, not both right. are bangers. Both are bangers. Let's be yeah. real. Yeah, both are bangers. Man, Scooby Doo is really, really out there with the hits. Out there with the hits. Um, <laughs> oh, also, I need to talk. I just a honorable mention to the Keenan and Kel made-for-TV movie. Two heads are better than none. That. That was me. I I remember the title, but I can't like I'm trying to like picture what happened. It's and like, I'm brain farting right now. Like I can't see it in my head. This I, the only reason that I remember it is because so they're like going on a road trip and they end up having some car trouble. They get stopped at this castle. And oh, oh yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And the yeah. guy, the only reason that I remember it is because the guy is trying to, the main guy at the castle, his head comes off and he's mm-hmm. trying to like steal all of their heads. But there's a part where Keenan and Kel 
get his head and they're like passing they're just, it between like, each other. It back and forth, <laughs> yeah. Like hot potato. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I remember that movie kind of scared me mainly because i think once they get to the castle and they find out like he's trying to steal their heads that was creepy to me mm-hmm. but like obviously talking about it out loud right now it's just really silly <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that scene that scene was hilarious that scene alone brought me back i was like wait yeah i've definitely seen this <laughs> yeah that's funny also keenan kill i missed that show that was so good oh, um oh, honestly i mean we have to talk about courage the cowardly dog like we have mm-hmm. to because yeah. I'm personally, I'm convinced that in this genre, I, I'm going to say Courage of Cowley Dog is the best, like, young adult horror scary show, period. Like, mm-hmm. we were we were blessed with that show. It was so good. Yeah. That, that show was great. Like... I do remember, and that show was a great mix because some episodes were really silly Mm -hmm. and other episodes were super creepy. Super creepy. It was like there was no in between. Either you were going to get something a little silly or you were going to be like traumatized for the rest of the day. Yeah. And what's what's actually kind of funny, um, thinking back to it, is so when I was younger and Courage the Cowardly Dog would come on, it was, I was not very excited for it. Like, out of the lineup of shows that were coming on, like, Courage was actually lower on my list of, like, I'd, I'd rather be watching, like, I don't know, what was what was on back then? Like, Cow and uh, Chicken. Cow, Cow and Chicken, yeah. Like, I, I'd rather be watching that, but then Courage came on, and I'd always do, like, that little sigh, like, Ugh. but I would watch it. And, like, even going back, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen every single episode of courage the cowardly dog because like whether or not i wanted to watch it i always enjoyed watching it yeah like it it was like just such a good show it's so good i oh my god i loved that show and And the premise is so simple too it is so simple and like almost daily i don't know why but this like this pops up in you know like the opening credits thing that one line right he's like but creepy stuff happens in nowhere it's up mm-hmm. to courage like that pops into my head almost every single day and i have no <laughs> idea why <laughs> but i just can't like get it any and anytime i say the word spooky i always think of that i don't know why it's just i mean so it's got good. so many good one-liners man. anytime if i hear ooga booga booga like there's nothing else i'm gonna think of other than that mask that eustace has yeah. that he just terrorizes courage with oh it's such a good show and each episode was so they were very creative like each story mm-hmm. was very creative I laughed every time Courage would scream. I was like, (laughs) and the fact that he had like a thousand versions of that scream, like (laughs) he, the like over the years watching it, like they just found new ways for him to do that, like ridiculous scared scream. His reactions are so funny, and like I love his voice. Anytime he would talk, I just like loved the way that he that he sounded. Mm Hmm. And yeah, it's such a good show. But I, I want to hear your your top three courage episodes. Pop, like the the ones that you find creepy, mm-hmm. but also you know still enjoy. 
Okay. All right. Uh, why don't we go? Why don't we go back and forth? Because I want to. I kind of want to hear yours too, and it'll be Agreed. interesting to see if we have uh, similar ones. Okay. Um, yeah. But the number. I, this isn't in a particular order, but this is probably the number one. Is it's got to go to Ram- King Ramsey's Curse, <laughs> just because that one I will never forget for my entire life. Like, the, beware the slab, or suffer my curse. That that is burned in my brain more than any other line I think in TV. Period is if I hear <laughs> return the slab or suffer my curse, mm-hmm. my brain remembers that entire episode. Well, also, he looked so weird. He was like CGI. Yeah, and- <laughs> it was so weird because, and the show did that so much where it's this 2D cartoon for the most part, and then to just off-put you, they either like throw in some jarring like CGI or mm-hmm. they'll have like a real human face like just pop out of nowhere and it's just it's so jarring and it pops so much in comparison to the 2d that it just freaks you out Mm -hmm. but it's the combination of like the episode the things that they deal with and his voice too like his the delivery of that which i i found out later on that it's actually the creator um who does the voice for oh my god king ramsey yeah that's crazy yeah, that's but um, that's, that, 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 that'll be my number one. But what what's yours? Oh, Freaky Fred. Freaky. Oh, that was actually my number two. That, Is he? That was, that was definitely my number two. Freaky he is Fred. number one for me. Freaky Fred is just, he's so creepy. Like, I already talked about him a little bit in our Hereditary episode, but Freaky Fred is like Muriel's... Nephew, his like nephew and yeah. he's like getting out of a mental institution and you find out that he was there because he has this like compulsion to shave hair like off of people he like shaved his ex-wife's all of her hair off of mm-hmm. her head he like shaves animals so when he gets to their house he's like obsessed with shaving courage like mm-hmm. all of the hair off of courage. And anytime and he like just keeps being like, I wanted to be naughty and like is obsessed yeah, with he's he's got uh, this Edgar Allan Poe delivery to everything because he speaks in rhyme, which is so off putting and like like most of the episode, Courage is trapped in the bathroom with him. Oh, so he's yeah. like, like he can't go anywhere. And he's just telling this Edgar Allan Poe poem while he's just yeah. mercilessly shaving courage. Yeah, he's like and a he's demented Dr. Seuss. <laughs> he really is. And he never stops smiling. And his smile is just so creepy and unsettling. Because mm-hmm. like his like teeth are all jagged, but like the smile is like twice the size of his head and it's just yeah and i think it was because courage was like locked in the bathroom with him and mm-hmm. was like screaming as he's like shaving his hair off that it really really uh had me had me all the way fucked up yeah <laughs> but that yeah that episode, number one creepiness for me anytime i think of courage Carly dog i always think of freaky fred that's fair. That's fair. That's that was gonna be my number two, but um, I think in place of that, all right, I'll say the one that I know for sure, and then I might have to do like a twofer for the third one. But okay. the 
the second one is going to be the tower of dr like zalit i think his name is but it's the episode where there's a scientist who has these like cannonballs that he wants oh, nowhere yeah. to fund yeah and then they 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 tell him that they're not going to buy his invention so he then takes his tower and starts firing these magical cannonballs into the city of nowhere that just sink everybody into a deep depression to the point where they can't move anymore and then eventually he finds courage and muriel and eustace and he attacks them and muriel gets hit by one of these and so now she's just depressed beyond reason and can't move so courage has to like break into the tower and find a way to save her and like i just i remember this episode so vividly because one, it's one of the two. There are only two of these, but the way Courage is, for those who've not watched, is like most kids' shows, there are eleven minute stories. And usually when you watch an episode of Courage, you'll get two eleven minute stories for that episode. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time that they spent the entire episode on one story. And I remember that being jarring for me as a kid because usually by the 11 minute mark you had some sort of resolution to whatever terrorizing that courage was dealing with but this episode you got to the halfway point and everyone was just everyone was depressed like the hero had lost like there was no resolution by the 11 minute mark i remember being like wait a minute is this like is this it like is this the last episode of courage like what's happening here (laughs) and like the the entire it felt like this epic tale like it 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 felt like courage the cowardly dog new game plus where it's like you're getting that extra little bit of of story and i remember it even though it wasn't scary like it, it not that it was scary it was it was more just like creepy and terrifying because even the music for that episode is very like sad and unnerving it's like this dark orchestral music and the the episode does a really it's a really interesting job of putting like a spotlight on just depression in general and making like depression the scary thing because it was like it was an episode that was really like it was deep diving into the idea of being so depressed that you can't do anything and like that was the antagonist thing is like he was depressed and the only way that they actually got out of the scenario is by finding a way to pull him and the rest of nowhere out of this depression yeah and yeah now that 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 for me was I, I always go back to that episode just for the scale of it. Like, I think in the world of Courage, like, that was one of their bigger episodes. Um, the For fun fact, the only other episode that was a two-parter like that was the one where uh, Courage kept getting attacked by the lady in the mask. And that's there was my number two. two. Oh, that's your number two? All right, I'll, yeah. let you, I'll let you go into it then. Yeah, so my number two is The Mask. And yeah, it's this, there's this woman and she's like wearing a robe and she's wearing this like really creepy, like all white mask, but it almost looks like a porcelain doll, but it's like all white. And yeah, she she gets there and she's just beating the shit out of courage. Like she like hates courage for some reason Mm -hmm. but then you come to find out that she like she's a cat and the reason that she hates she hates dogs and it's because 
like she has this person that she cares about and her name is bunny and there's this gangster called mad dog who is like basically keeping bunny hostage and like mm-hmm. separated them and so courage goes and helps kitty get bunny back and i remember like first of all it was really scary to me because she looks terrifying and she doesn't talk yeah. like when she first gets there and she has the mask and everything on she doesn't talk she just comes she just beats courage up every time muriel sees them she just thinks that they're playing and so that is creepy but then you get this whole other subplot where like she's really actually nice but she cares about this person and this person is like being dragged around by this big old giant like dog who's just like dragging this little bunny around and the bunny's like screaming every time Mm -hmm. they like go to the bunny she's like kitty like screaming and crying and the whole thing was just like it was bonkers and yeah so that's my number two that's definitely like it's not as creepy as freaky fred but it was like really unsettling for me when i watched it the first time and i definitely didn't really understand everything that was happening in it the first time but like when you think back to it it's kind of nuts that yeah it's pretty that was a plot for the show (laughs) yeah I think I read somewhere that that episode is supposed to be like a spotlight on like domestic violence. Like it's supposed to be like mm-hmm. a symbolic episode exploring that, which is one of the other reasons why I love that show now as an adult is because it was creeping in these tiny little themes like within all the crazy. Um, mm-hmm. It was tackling some really serious subjects that you don't really notice as a kid watching it before, but they stand out a little bit more when you grow up, I think, and mm-hmm. you can look at it with a more adult lens. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. That one is... <laughs> that it's one is lot. crazy. That it one's is a lot. lot. But I, I really like that. I like that episode a lot. It is, and, it's, it, and it is nice at the end, Kitty and Bunny are able to get away and yeah. go off together. So it's like a, it's a happy ending. But it does get a happy ending. It's nuts on the way there. um the number three for me i think is a toss-up between one is the foot fungus episode that um Mm -hmm. that eustace has where he just like he's got this fungus on his foot that he won't get treated that and i i say that one specifically for the scene when like it gets out of hand and it's like three times the size of his body and then all of a sudden it just starts like creeping up his body until it straight up just absorbs him and he just becomes this fungus foot <laughs> with, that that also is like each each toe is like an italian gangster or something because like they start <laughs> yeah. like running the house around and like that it, that one's less scary and it's more just like i still have that image of him being enveloped by the fungus foot like stuck in my brain because it's it's very horror movie the way it happens because it's just like creeping up and he's trying to like push it down and it's like nah we got you now fam you here you here Mm -hmm. you part of the foot the foot squad um (laughs) but it's between that and the episode i don't remember the actual title of it but the episode where eustace gets taken away by the by the water siren 
um, in the black puddle outside of their house. Oh yeah, that one. That one was scary to me because, like, honestly, I think that one was scary because of what it did to Muriel during it. Because, like, the siren, the siren was very scary, and like, once you get the twist that like she's trying to eat Eustace, like, essentially, there's a puddle outside that there's like a mermaid siren lady in that um, Eustace sees and he falls in love with her due to her like siren curse to the point where she just straight up drags him underwater and is prepping to eat him. And then courage has to then go down there and save him. But somewhere like halfway through once Eustace is actually gone, you just have a scene of like Muriel just like sitting, like crying in the, in the bathroom Mm -hmm. because like, she she like she's really torn up that he's gone and like i remember feeling just so sad watching that part because like we've seen terrible things happen to both courage and eustace so like you're used to it but that was the first time where like i think it affected muriel and Mm -hmm. like you got to like even as a kid you got to watch a character affected by the demise of another character and like that to me sometimes is just as scary as the things that happen to the actual character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those those two episodes kind of a toss up. There are so many good episodes, but I'll save those two for now. Okay. Um, my number I, three. I will say I think I have an idea of what your number three is, but go ahead. Oh, I want you to what you think it is. Is it is it the poltergeist episode? Yeah, the demon and the yes, the demon and the mattress. It. I fucking <laughs> knew it. Yep, the possessed mattress. I felt it. So it was gonna be between this one and the one where with the pigs when they're making like the meat and stuff. Oh yeah, that one's that one's scary too. But yeah, I had to go with the demon and the mattress, which of course is a parody of the exorcist <laughs> that they mm-hmm. did. But yeah, they like get this they get this old mattress and it's possessed. And so then when Muriel sleeps in it, she becomes possessed. And she it's not like it's kind of funny. But it's also really scary because, like, Muriel is so sweet normally. And, like, watching Mm -hmm. her be this crazy woman with her hair is all crazy. And she's, like, like, her tongue is, like, flying out of her mouth. And she's, like, swallowing (laughs) people whole because they ask the doctor to come over. And she just, like, puts her entire (laughs) mouth over his body and just swallows him like a snake. Seeing Muriel be this crazy possessed like she's the villain yeah she's the villain of the episode and courage is obviously distraught i also love when he goes to his computer and his computer just talks shit uh, (laughs) (laughs) that computer is like what one of the not my favorite characters like so good the sassy computer in the attic sassy computer remember when it gets when it gets like possessed yeah it gets possessed Mm yeah when they get that computer bug or whatever i can't Mm -hmm. remember what episode that is but yeah um that's that episode just it's just a classic it's from the first season it's like one of the first few episodes and Muriel is nuts in it. Eustace is so scared of her. Every time he comes up, he's like, Muriel, like trying to like bring her food and stuff. And she's just screaming and throw She like throws up on him every time that he like comes mm-hmm. into the bedroom. <laughs> oh, which is great. I love seeing Eustace get some. Yeah, because like, he's the worst. He, he really is the worst. 
Though mm-hmm. I did like that they eventually gave backstory that he was unloved as a child. So like it doesn't it does not fix any of the things that he does throughout the entire show. Mm-hmm. But it was nice that they took the time to explore that that like he's not just an asshole just to be an asshole like. Yeah. Yeah. He's like uh he's like Doofenshmirtz. He had a he had a rough childhood. Yeah, still a dick though. Still a hundred percent a dick. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he should not be allowed to own pets ever. <laughs> yeah, for real. But luckily, got Muriel there. Yeah, you can only hope that Eustace dies first, so that Muriel can take care of Courage. Then <laughs> <laughs> not the other way around, because if that's right. the case, oh, Courage God, is that would be the worst out on the streets. Um, but yeah, that show. So that good. That show's so good. Well, all right. So to kind of like wrap us up here, like, what did you, what what do you think your ending opinion is about like having kids introduced to the scary realm, this genre, and like how to go about it? Like, do you think it's a good thing? Do you think people should hold off on it until they're older, or do you think there is merit to introducing kids to young adult horror? Yeah, I mean, I think that. You know, definitely wait until your kid is able to understand, like, subjects like death and things like that. And then start, yeah, start them off with, you know, movies that are family-friendly horror movies. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like movies like Coraline are really good and, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beetlejuice, just things that have kind of that silly nature, but are starting to get them into this spookier idea. And then go for like, you know, more more of the silly, silly, scary movies, maybe things like Anaconda and things like that. I just feel like baby steps is definitely the way. Sometimes it works jumping straight in, mm-hmm. but you know they're gonna have nightmares i mean regardless they're gonna have nightmares so you know i definitely think that and also too like ask it's kind of you know if your kid feels like they want to watch something maybe just let them watch a little bit of it and see how they feel you know like Mm -hmm. if your kid is like can i watch part of this scary movie and it doesn't have like crazy like sex scenes or anything in it maybe just let them yeah let them start it see how they feel and then kind of go from there but i definitely think like i love i still love watching you know even for adults like movies like hocus pocus and adam's family and stuff that are meant for kids but like i still love watching those movies when halloween time rolls around So I hope that they never stop making movies like that and and treat kids like they're not stupid and, you know, and like have things worthwhile to say and have plots that are interesting and like just continue on that path. Because I still love watching movies like that. I think watching movies like that is what helped me really you know, have a love for Halloween and have a love for horror. So I definitely think 
you know, start your kids watching that, like, as soon as they feel like they're comfortable watching stuff like that. I feel that. I feel that. Um, I, I, I basically agree with everything you said. Um, I think that it's such a fun genre to, even as a family, like, it can be a fun thing to get to be scared together collectively. And like I said, in all my digging for this, like, I can't find any substantial evidence that introducing kids to this genre too early has a direct effect to them in the future. Like, yeah, they might be scared of afraid of the dark for a little bit. They might need a nightlight. Um, they might lose sleep for a couple of weeks, but most people tend to grow out of those. And I think as long as you're being responsible about, like you said, how you introduce these elements to your kid, I I think it's fine. Like, I, I definitely think like your kid will be okay. Just know the content that you're giving them, make sure you're picking the right things for them. Um, and also make sure you're having the conversation with them about what they're watching and help them understand that it's okay to watch these things um, and why it's okay and why they shouldn't be afraid of these things affecting them in reality and just the difference between what's real and what's not. Like, I think having an open dialogue with your kid about these things, as opposed to just hard saying, no, you can't watch this stuff. Uh, I, I feel like you'll end up getting better results that way. But that's that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And it's fun to pull back. Like, I think that's another thing that made me love horror is it's fun to pull back the curtain and be like, this is how they made this happen. Or like, this is the actor that plays that villain instead of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Instead of it seeming so real, it's like, oh, OK, like. That's there's these are real people just playing parts. So then you can just kind of enjoy it for what it is, which is not to say, obviously, I think even we know as adults, we still watch scary movies and get spooked and have a nightmare. That's never going to go away. So I think, you know, that's that's something that you're going to deal with probably your entire life. But you can find ways to make it easier and just make it an enjoyable experience. So it's not just like, Oh my God, I'm watching this and I'm going to be destroyed tonight. Like it's, it's fun. You actually want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and yeah. if y'all don't know, Courage of Cowardly Dog, great way to start. I'm just going to mm-hmm. plug that one again. Great show. If you're trying to introduce your kids to some scary subject. I think that that's a nice start. Yeah. Or even there's like, uh, they have, like the R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour is like an updated version of Goosebumps that it was on Netflix. I don't know if it is anymore. Mm-hmm. I, that's a good like that's a good way, place to start. Like I said, you know, they're making they're still making movies, family friendly, scary movies, but the classics still work just as well as they did when we were kids. So why yep. not? But I want to know, I think this will be a really fun one to discuss with you guys because I think everybody has a different movie that they remember seeing when they were younger that was either their first kind of introduction to being like spooky stuff or just, you know, a memory that 
sticks out for them, either from a TV show or from a movie. I would love to know what that movie was for you guys um, or that TV show was for you guys. So please, please leave us comments, send us messages. Let's have a discussion. Um, We are at Homies of Horror on all of our social media, or you can email us at homiesofhorror at gmail.com. And as always, we, you know, are very appreciative of reviews that you guys leave. Um, Please follow us on your podcasting app so you can be notified first thing when new episodes come out. New episodes come out every Monday, except for, of course, this week on Wednesday. Please go over to Fear the Talking Queers channel and check out that episode that we are on. That is a House of Wax episode. So... You'll make sure getting... you're liking them oh, too yes. and giving them some support because they're a great podcast. Oh, they're super yeah. funny people. They're so funny. Their podcast is awesome. They talk about like they talk about a great array of movies. So please go over there, check them out, give them a follow, give them a like. Um, so yeah, you guys are getting three episodes from us this week, technically. So happy happy october (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so go check that out you guys let us know what you think but other than that we will be seeing you guys next monday for another spooktober episode and that is gonna be it for us today we hope you have a good rest of your day guys catch you later homies bye